Please sit comfortably. So good evening everyone. Good evening everyone on Zoom. I want to talk a little bit tonight about experiencing life as a stream, you know, and and if there was if we could say there's a purpose to life, it's to um, flow with the stream, right? not to be separate to the stream. And we 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 um, read about a lot of um, metaphors and imagery in in Taoism, which Zen is partly based on, about flowing with the stream of life. And we have the same perspective in Buddhism, you know, where the Buddha talks about one of the essential aspects of of life is that it's impermanent. Everything's in a state of flux all the time, and. I want to first address some of the popular misconceptions there are about meditation and mindfulness. Uh, You would get the impression from um, reading about meditation by, I think, people who don't really fully understand the Buddhist roots of it or the the Zen aspect of it, that if you meditate, the popular idea is if you meditate, you'll enter into a state of calmness. And as soon as you're starting to think about a state of calmness, you're starting to think about some fixed state of mind that you're going to go into. And as soon as you think that you're going to go into a state of mind and somehow it's going to have some sense of permanence to you, or if you think even of enlightenment as a state of mind that you're going to go into and there's some sense of permanence in it, well, you're still totally in delusion, right? Because no, nothing is, is fixed, nothing is static in life, including states of mind. Mm-hmm. So to sit down and pursue and have an expectation that if you sit quietly, um, you'll enter into a state of, of calm and pleasantness, well, it happens maybe a lot of the time that happens. But if that's your goal, you're missing the point. And it's not as though calmness is not a great thing to occur, but it's kind of like pursuing calmness is like pursuing happiness. If you pursue it, you won't you won't get there. But if you just enter into the stream of your experience and enter the raw energy of that experience, then it's quite likely that um, the calmness will be a, a side effect of that experience. But it's quite a, quite a common misunderstanding. So I would suggest to you, whenever you um, sit down to meditate, whether it's here or it's home, that, that you think of what, what your intention is, is just to enter the stream. Just let go and enter the stream. Don't, don't think about becoming calm. Don't even think about becoming happy. And certainly don't think about becoming enlightened. <laughs> Just the stream is already there. The stream is always there, right? But we try to, that what creates suffering in our life is we try to separate ourselves from it and control it, you know, and cling to the pleasant and and try to avoid the unpleasant. But if you make it your aspiration, just, just turn up and enter the stream, enter the impermanence of life coming and going.
So there's a certain thought comes into your mind. Notice it, let it go. Right? Sounds come and go, you know. Body sensations come and go, feelings come and go. Just be present to the whole stream coming and going. Now, there's something at first initially might feel a little bit disconcerting about it because we all like to have anchor points and we like to have some sense of certainty and where we're going. You know, we, we, we want to know, you know, our latitude and longitude in life all the time. But when you really practice, particularly in the spirit of shikantas or just sitting, you're, you're, you're turning up to the present moment and in the flux of the present moment without any any fixed point of reference. It's like, it's like being out in the sea away from land. And it kind of like, you look around, you haven't got a clue where you are. You know? uh, it's that kind of experience. Just out on the ocean, you wouldn't have a clue where you are. No, no reference points anywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that's a little bit frightening in, in some ways for, for some people because we always want certainty, but it's letting go of that certainty. It's being willing to embrace uncertainty. No fixed point, no fixed ideas, no fixed views. Just let it start to, to roll. Yeah. And, and if you, you turn up to Sazen and that spirit, then you're, you're, really, you're really engaging with the process. If, you, if you're clinging after some sense of certainty or calmness, um, well, you're probably going to end up disappointed a lot of the time because life just isn't like that. And, but instead, you could enter the experience of disappointment. That would be practice. <laughs> Let me tell you something from personal experience. When, when I was in my 20s, um, and I did a, a, a degree in philosophy at Macquarie University. And I was very, very intense young man and somewhat insecure as well. And, and I was trying to find some certainty through philosophy, you know, through intellectual exploration. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to uh, um, easily um, accept anything like I was a real sceptic, you know, so I wasn't just going to look for some kind of religion or whatever that was going to say, this is the world, it, this is the way the world is, and now you can be certain and be calm and relaxed. It, it didn't work like that. Um, and I did a lot of, and I was kind of very intellectual and very confused as well, and, you know, debating various theories about this and that. And then there was a turning point which came when I read one of Alan Watts' books, which is called The Wisdom of Insecurity. And there was a certain point in the book where he said that, um, you know, that he, he quoted a, a popular um, a Christian Sunday school song which said, um, build your house upon the rock and not upon the sand. But he said, there's, there's, no, there's no rock to build on. You know, life is not like a rock, it's like a stream or it's like sand. There's nothing solid to build on. Everything's in flux all of the time. And when I read those words, it was a, a turning point that when I look back on it, it's led to me taking up Zen, Zen practice. It's a, a lifelong practice. Because it, it was in that point, I realised that all of my intellectual endeavours up to that point were 
about trying to build this intellectual edifice on a solid base that didn't exist. Right? It's like it was futile, you know. But instead of it being disappointing, it was like a, a joyful experience. Like, ah, oh, right. You know, like something, something collapsed in a really good way at that point. And, um, and that was the point, I remember, I, I decided instead of um, going to, to India to become a sannyasin when I finished university, that was the point where I decided to go to Japan and study Zen. But it was based on reading those words and realising there's, there's no certainty anywhere in life. And as soon as you try and establish the fixed point, put the stream will wash it away, right? That's our problem all the time. And when we talk about right view in the Eightfold Noble Path, D.T. Suzuki said right view is about having no fixed view. Right. So that, that's what our practice is. It's about becoming fixated on things and wanting good things and good things for us and others to stay there. Right, and be permanent when they're just it's just not going to happen that's not the reality of life everything is impermanent and life flows into death you know and death flows into life just like light flows into the dark and the dark flows into the light everything's shifting and moving like that all the time so when we really when we really turn up to not just intellectually reading or hearing that life is impermanent, when we really, really turn up in our everyday life and in our practice to enter the impermanence, well, that's when you'll start to cook. Right? As soon as you're, you're grasping after fixed states of mind, you'll continue to suffer. So it's important to recognise what really is, is, is the essence of true practice, you know, rather than some don't listen to the pop psychology versions of it. It'll lead you astray. To finish off, um, a wonderful quote by the American Buddhist psychologist Jack Cornfield. He says, In the end, three things matter most. How well did you love? How fully did you live? How deeply did you let go? So letting go is about how deeply we let go is how much we entered um, into that stream of impermanence, which is us and which is our life. 